Hey, this is Corey with the Bare Bones Podcast. Welcome back, friends and family. I'm getting the opportunity to interview my good friend, Brandon Faust, who gave us a good treat when he got to share his message at the last uh, collective meeting. So we're just going to ask him a few questions. To start off, um, we had a little technical difficulty with my phone going off, so I didn't know if you wanted to do a little recap of the end of your message. Yeah, the built-in vibrations that are in good vibes, good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so just a little bit of a recap. Um, we really talked about in that whole message of what is it like in this in this next year that God would have you put your hands and heart to. And so we really took time to think about we need to discern the season that we're in. We need to surrender that season to the Lord as well. And then also, you know, seize his promises through getting into, you know, scripture on our own, through also finding that rhythm of like true intentional community of, that we surround ourselves with, of people who love Jesus, who are going to pull us along in our mm -hmm. faith. Um, and then also, you know, some of us need to surrender something and seize his promises through a season of fasting as well. And we talked about what that could do, um, look like to give up something, to give up some food and to do that in a way. Um, that allows you to push in more and more into your relationship with God. It's not just some, giving something up to give something up. It's giving it up so you could be more dependent on Him and this uh, amazing act that we see time and time again in the Old and New Testament. So that's kind of where we landed. Wow, that was amazing. I know that in part of the message you were talking about about how our lives are limited. And I was thinking, like, what are some ways to remind us of the fragility of our lives besides Scripture? Yeah, I think... Whether it's in our Facebook feed or something we see on Instagram or something in the news or whatever it might be, you know, whenever we turn our head, there's another diagnosis, there's another uh, catastrophe, there's more something going on that's just tough. And so I don't think we have to look too far to realize that life is fragile, that things aren't necessarily guaranteed. Um, and so, you know, scripture reminds us of that, you know, that we need to seize the day and seize the moment as Christians that we want to seize each moment to give glory to God and to point yeah. other people towards him. And so I think, you know, we don't have to look too far. It actually can be kind of sad and depressing. But I think the, the big thing is how do we push through that barrier? How do we mm. push through the fact that we're in a broken world? How do we bring uh, the light and life of Christ into broken situations and everyday spaces and places? And so I think it's more of like, don't let the fragility of life kind of keep you in, in place. Like, let that be a motivation to say we're in a broken world. Wow. How do we part of, be a part of joining God's redeeming plan um, and play our part in that? Wow. Yeah. You said that our spiritual growth and the message is more important than when you're about to get that job or get married or what have you. So I was wondering, how can we find the fire and desires to work on it when we aren't facing a big decision? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I think... You know, when you're in the midst of making a huge life change or decision about a relationship, school, job, moving across the country, whatever it might be, you know, it's, it might be too late to let other people speak into those situations yeah. and to prepare you to take it before the Lord, to, to do that whole process of discerning what season you're coming in and out of and surrendering it to Him, but also bringing other people along for the ride, people that mm. you can really trust as like these advisors in your life to speak into tough and broken situations. I think the other thing is working on your character. I mean, mm. I think we have all these other development plans in our jobs and workplaces and spaces, but the one thing that could really change everything in our lives is decisions 
that we make that are impacted by our character or lack of character. Mm. So how are we mm. having other people that are pouring into our lives? And I think that's why it's so important to gather as the church, to scatter as the church, to gather for that inspiration and teaching and worship and edification, just going there and being encouraged and inspired by the fact that other people, you're not alone in this Christian walk, but also the scattering and smaller expressions of being the church, doing life on life, having the hard conversations, praying over each other, that when you're fading or feeling discouraged spiritually or going through something tough or whatever, or, or maybe like a lull, a spiritual lull or boring mm. season, that those moments can be, you know, really sharpening um, and push us forward in our spiritual growth. Yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, I know when I first became a Christian, it was something like I didn't know I was supposed to surround myself with people that would push me to grow closer to Christ. Like I just picked my friends like, do I have fun with them? Are they fun people to hang out with? But like, it's really important, like Proverbs says, that as iron sharpens iron, like we need to surround ourselves with people that are going to push us closer to Christ so that we can love better and be more fulfilled in life. So I'm really glad you touched on that point. Um, and another part in the sermon, you talked about like going through hard seasons. So I didn't know if you had any further encouragement to people that are going through that um, or how you how would you respond to those that say it feels like God is silent during that time? Yeah, in the message, you know, kind of gave an illustration from my life when I felt like there was a season where God was really quiet. And, and for some of you out there, you're not saying you don't believe God is real, that you're doubting him during those seasons, that but you're just like, man, God is so silent. And then others of you might be saying, man, I feel like because God is silent that maybe he's not even there and maybe he's not even real. Mm. And, um, you know, what I what I think is so critical is this, you know, first Samuel in first Samuel, chapter seven, um, Samuel, you know, makes this Ebenezer stone, this monument, mm -hmm. this memorial of what God had done to remind him and the Israelites of God's faithfulness in the past. And I think that's what's so important is like for us to look back at times in our lives and that that verse in first Samuel says, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Up until mm. this point, the Lord has helped us. And so even if it feels like you're being surrounded on all sides, if it feels like, man, God, you just can't, I can't get through this. I can't have breakthrough in this in this thing in my job or in this relationship or this bad habit or, you know, all these bad things are just happening around me. I think looking back at my own life, looking back into scripture, we see this truth that God isn't going to waste that experience. You know, we live in a sinful and broken world that's been devastated by sin and it, that goes into every structure of life right mm -hmm. and so trusting that god is is good and he loves us and that he's the only one that could flip bad situations on its head mm -hmm. he's the only one that you know a bad thing really bad thing happened to his son jesus on the cross it was a real bad thing yeah. and he flipped that and redeemed that for good as he rose again and i think for us looking at those can be growing moments for us mm -hmm. And those mo moments may be the testimony that we have to bear to encourage somebody else who's going through something. And, and so just don't give up. You know, God is, God is using those things and can use those things if you let him to grow you, even though you might not have all the answers this side of heaven of why that thing happened or why it was so hard or why it was such a difficult season for two years, you know, um, when you wanted to get out of it in two months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. Like, it just reminds me, like when you said, like, 
that Jesus, you know, he died and he was raised again. If God can do that, then what can't he do in your life? He can do anything, right? Yeah. I mean, at creation, we see in the Genesis account that like God was breathing life, you know, that's how he started things. He was speaking things into existence. He was breathing life into humankind. And I think in the same respect, you know, how can the Holy Spirit breathe life into your situation? Mm. And it may not just happen like that, although God can work in a moment and it can, it can flip it on its head just like that. Sometimes the process is where he works. And uh, from that, he's going to shape and mold our character and our heart and our disposition towards him. Wow. Are there any examples you have to share about how God has grown you up recently in a season? Oh, my goodness. I mean, in so many ways. Uh, <laughs> You know, you think kind of in like the middle of my career, if you will, like you think you've got some things figured out about life or ministry or your family, and then a new challenge comes your way, a new idea comes your way, or new obstacles are put in your way, new relationships, new challenges. And so honestly, I feel like this whole last year has been a growing season for me. And I would love to say, like, man, it's been amazing, you know, uh, every step of the way. But there have been challenges, you know, there have been challenges in friendships. There's been challenges when you move from working with one local church to another local church. And I love mm. them both very deeply. There's some challenges when, you know, we're getting ready to have another kid and you start thinking about the realities of growth as a parent and as a husband and all of the mix of that kind of stuff. And so... I mean, I would love to just say, man, it was so easy. It's so glorious. It's been so awesome. And there's been a ton of fruit from it. But a lot of that time, you know, has been spent uh, praying. A lot of that time has been spent um, just thinking through like, Lord, what do you want me to do mm. in this situation? This new threshold moment of life and of ministry and of family and uh, I haven't had all the answers and, and I don't like that, you know, and so mm. it's been uncomfortable it's been stretching. And so through that and through some of the unknown at times, you know, God has really used that to grow, you know, grow me up um, as a man of God, as a husband, as a pastor, all of those things. And so I think, you know, looking at, as, as we talked about discerning the season, this last season uh, for me has been stepping into a, a new learning posture and I have to remind myself that I know I may know some stuff and have some experiences, but there's so much more that the Lord wants me to push in from Him wow. first. You know, that this is a season for me to um, entrust my heart to the Lord and grow in trusting people, you know. And the Lord is the only one that we should really be entrusting our heart and life to and fulfillment to, not a new ministry position, not having another kid or not getting married or not this relationship, but entrust our whole heart to the Lord mm. and then build trusting relationships around that. But the Lord's the only one that can fill that, that want, that first thing I'm talking about there. Yeah. Um, so in your message, you talked about how God like plays the long game with us. And I was just wondering why is it beneficial or is it even beneficial for God to do that? It's a great question. You know, so much of what's amazing about God is we can't just always, we can understand him in human terms to a certain extent, but we can't explain him away. And yeah. so the mystery and the wonder of God is a beautiful thing. And that's part of the faith factor, I think, of following Jesus and of trusting the Lord. Um, but 
you know, in, in moments, I, I wish he would just heal in a minute. Yeah. You know, I would just, I wish he would just change the situation, you know, and make it right side up real quick. But, you know, the truth is, as we look back and we talked in the message about, man, when Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't just send the Savior right then and there. You know, he waited a long time and he sent his son as a baby. He didn't send him as a full grown man. He yeah. sent Jesus as a baby. And I think there's so much that we can learn from that, that, um, you know, we see God's trajectory and faithfulness through human history, Mm -hmm. um, not just in a a week or a day, but in everyday life. And that he has always been pursuing us at a macro level in humankind, but in in our lives for each and every one of us, whether we've ever uh, considered a relationship with God, whether we've run from God, whatever it might be, that he is, he is in pursuit of us um, and that he's mindful of us each and every day. And so sometimes he does fix something or heal something that we would want him to do in a minute. And other times, whether we ask him or not, <laughs> he plays the long game and restores the situation, brings healing to it. And I think it's our job to acknowledge and give him credit for when that, that happens and yeah. glorify him through that. Um, even in the times that we maybe didn't, in prayers we didn't pray, you know, mm-hmm. and that the mm-hmm. that the Lord knows what's best for us and he puts things in our lives and, and wants us to point out, hey, that was a redeeming moment. God did something there. Yeah, that's, thank you so much for your insight on that because that's something that's been eating me up sometimes just thinking about that. Um, but through your message, uh, you started to talk about fasting and how do you understand or know what to surrender to the Lord? Like, where do you even start? Well, I think the first things are, if there are things that are not in line with Scripture or in line with God's will, like that it's it's things that might be sin, mm-hmm. though that's the, that's the low-hanging fruit, right? Like, yeah. if it's sinful, if it's against the character of God, if it's against what we see in Scripture, those are the first things we need to give over to Him. Those are the first things that we need to surrender. The other thing, and, and Corey, you and I have talked through this, is one of the ways that I like to journal and pray is like this through these three different lenses of I fear, I want, and then I surrender. And yeah. I think sometimes our fears are those things that we need to give over to the Lord. Um, those are things that we need to surrender or these wants, and they could be good wants. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're directly sinful things, but maybe we're putting them in a place above God or above you know, where they should be. And I think surrendering some of those fears and those wants lead us into a place of surrender. I think the other times, you know, is just really pushing in to times of prayer and through getting into Scripture regularly. And you might start looking into the mirror of this truth that God wants you to see. And that, you know, through that, the Lord will use it. The Holy Spirit will use that to tell us something that maybe we need to give up. But I think those the low-hanging fruit is if it's sin, we got to get rid of it. You know, we got to lay that down before the Lord. And then the other things would be, you know, those fears and wants that sometimes we need to just put before Him and entrust Him, as, as opposed to trying to manage all the situations of our life. Yeah, that's amazing. One of my favorite parts of the sermon is when you talked about how we need to read the Bible more, and it's kind of like weird because I feel like a lot of times, like. People don't want to be told they need to do it. They're like, uh, why are they telling me to do this again? Like I hear about this all the time. Uh, but like you said, like people aren't doing it. And that's the reason we need to do it. And it's wild because we live in a world that 
we have so much information. We have like access to the Bible anywhere now. You didn't have to have the scrolls or go to the temple to hear about the Bible. Now you have it in your pocket, but people still aren't doing it with as accessible as it is. So I just loved the encouragement and exhortation to just like get into the word because it's so important. But for some of us that have never been in the Bible or, or we've like very just picked at it a little bit do you have any suggestions to start to get like more involved with that yeah i mean if you're just going to pick up your phone and do you know grab the like you version bible app or something like that you know what i tell people who are maybe ex- wanting to explore who jesus is or maybe they just made a profession of faith to follow after jesus get to know him you know and i think the book of john does such a great job capturing who jesus is the mm. heart of jesus um, what he was like when he walked this earth in his ministry and what he did um, with a sinless life, you know, death on the cross and raising again on the third day. For those who've maybe been following Christ for a while and you feel like you're maybe a little sluggish in your faith, I think, you know, getting into the book of James, what does faith mm. and action look like together? Yeah. How do those things work together? Um, but, you know, ultimately in this, like, uh, I-, I do the best in my life when I have someone holding me accountable. When you know, when I try and just do the gym on my own, uh, whether I go with somebody or if I just say, hey, hold me accountable, you know, to do this three or four times a week or whatever, those are the times I'm more successful at it. And I think it can apply in a similar way to, you know, reading the Bible, whether that's, you know, a friend of yours, someone you go to church with, someone you're, you know, dating or married to or whatever, like having that accountability and to get into those times. There's so many great tools. The Read Scripture app is an Mm. awesome app to digest scripture as well. Um, if you're not getting into John or James, you know, um, the Bible project, if, if you do a better job, maybe like engaging with some videos and some visuals, they do a great job of helping you get into that as well. And some of that's built into the Read Scripture app. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's other things. He Reads Truth, She Reads Truth, um, the Version Bible app. Uh, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of great resources and that, you know, even five minutes or two minutes of intake uh, reading scripture is never anything I regret. And I, I think, you know, a friend of mine, Ben Croshaw, always said this to me, you know, read until you understand something. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not understand everything in the Bible. There have been scholars who've been arguing about certain parts of it for years and years and years. But read until you can understand something and try and apply it to your life. Hmm. That's so amazing. I love that advice. So through this time of like fasting, like what is one way that you've seen maybe growth in others and then yourself? Yeah, great question. I mean, here's the thing about fasting is it's not fun. <laughs> like there's nothing what? that you're like, man, you know, it sounds amazing giving up something I love. And, if you, <laughs> and I would say if you love fasting, you're probably not. Uh, giving up something that's really challenging you. Yeah, you're not doing it right. (laughs) And and so um, I I think, you know, just like with anything, like start small. Like sometimes we want to have this like crazy big moment with God, but like let's not fabricate that moment either. You know, maybe we need to work into if you're going to give up like one meal a day or a certain type of food for an extended period of time or whatever that might be or give up food altogether, you know, consult a doctor, do some research, you know, don't just do that cold turkey. Um, but when it comes to like fasting from social media, why are, why fasting? Some people would say, I'm going to fast from social media. And and I'm like, dude, you don't like engage on social media anyways. Like, why (laughs) does that, like, why is that a big deal? Um, 
or maybe I need to fast from, you know, a certain show or like Netflix in general, or I need to fast from, um, you know, some sort of habit or something like that. You know, what's the, the key thing with fasting is really positioning yourself before the Lord to hear from him and to hear from him on a certain kind of topics, ask mm-hmm. him to speak into a certain thing in your life. It's this incredible act of obedience that can shape us. But the biggest thing is that it draws us near nearer to the Lord yeah. and what we might hear from him during those times. And so if you're giving up lunch, don't just give up lunch, give up lunch and go pray, you yeah. know, and, um, and interact with God in a way that you know, you can hear from him and not just tell him what you want to tell him, which is a part of it, but also spending time, you know, for me, it's like going on a walk in a park. You know, the last fast I did, that was one of the things for me was like going for a walk in the park and just hearing God, experiencing him in nature and all that kind of stuff. And so, I, you know, fasting does not have to be this huge spooky thing, but it is challenging. It should challenge you on some things. It's not super fun. But man, I think the rewards of growing closer to Christ. And I think the other part is, you know, um, it's one thing if you want someone to help hold you accountable. But this isn't a pride war. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of defeats the whole purpose. This is a really an experience between you and the Lord and how is he speaking to you on a certain topic through your sacrifice of giving that up and allowing him to fill that space instead. Yeah, I know in my own life with fasting that it's been good to develop the discipline more about doing it more regularly because um, normally when I fast, uh, it's reactive. I'm like, oh man, something big has come up. Like I need to fast. And it's like, I don't realize it until halfway through my time of fasting. I'm like, it's like I'm trying to manipulate God to like get what I want out of the situation. And halfway through, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to come alongside what God wants me to do and respond in this situation. But so so it's been really good to set up that discipline to do that um, regularly so that when those big times come up, I can do that. But I'm already in the habit of knowing why I'm doing it, that I'm not trying to do it to make God do something for me, which I can't in the first place. Yeah. But it helps my heart and my growth as a, as a person and follower of Jesus and leader. Um, but... You, you addressed like these three beasts in, in the sermon and you I didn't think you had enough time to kind of go into that more. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about them during this podcast. Um, which beasts? When you were, when you were talking about when uh, Jesus was tempted. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, real life podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think we talked about, you know, power... Um, we talked about um, popularity and, um, man, there, there was one more that was in there. Power, popularity, and I want to make sure to get the alliteration correct, um, and pleasure. Power, mm-hmm. popularity, and pleasure. And when we look back at Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus is, you know, this is before Jesus's public ministry is really going to take off. You know, he had the season of fasting in the wilderness. And while he was in the wilderness, he was being tempted by Satan himself, you know. Yeah. And he was being tempted in a real way. You know, we know, you know, Scripture reminds us that Jesus was tempted in every way that we were, yet he was without sin, right? And so it's not a sin to be tempted. Um, it's probably not smart to put yourself in positions of temptation, yeah. right? But Jesus was without sin, and he was, you know, 40 days and 40 nights of fasting in the wilderness. And he was tempted essentially with pleasure. 
um, you know, Satan is saying, hey, you know, um, you could have this, or he was tempting him with power, you could rule over this, popularity, um, and I think those are three things in our lives that we one of, we all kind of struggle with is are we tempted to um, kind of feed our, you know, to check out, right, after a mm-hmm. long day at work or school and feed ourselves with some sort of TV show, feed ourselves with some sort of bad habit, mm-hmm. some sort of like bad habits with our eating or drinking, you know, whatever it might be. And so we're feeding this beast of pleasure. And, uh, you know, maybe for some of us, we need to think about the things that we need to give up. And if they're sin, then those things, or if they're in a position, they're holding a higher position than they should, even though they could be a quote unquote good thing in our lives, um, we need to put them in the rightful place. And so that may be a cue for you to give that up. Um, if it's sin, you need to give it up right away. But if it's, you know, one of these other things that's taking the place of, of God or the place of fulfillment that it shouldn't be, those are things that we need to surrender over to the Lord as well. Power, you know, you want the position, you've got this ambition, you know, you've got, a, you know, a, a mission on your mind and making sure that even those good things, whether it be a certain kind of ministry mm. or serving others or helping others, never takes the place of your relationship with God itself. The fulfillment yeah. that you can get from that. Um, is is can be addicting, you know. Mm-hmm. It can be so fulfilling, um, but realizing that that fulfillment and entrusting that fulfillment is only coming from Christ is is what's really really important here. And then with popularity, you know, wanting to be accepted, wanting the approval of men, um, wanting the approval of a certain kind of group of people or a person you're trying to pursue in dating, trying to look a certain way, but it's not really you or who you were created to be. And so you make compromising decisions. Um, instead of hanging out with some people who are going to build into your life, you'd rather be seen with these people, you know, who are maybe going to uh, not treat you so great, but you're going to mm. look the part. And um, I think in so many of these things, the pleasure, power, and popularity, there are essentially the three things that Satan really threw at Jesus. I think they're the things that are being thrown at us all the time. And internally, we're fighting maybe all three of these, you yeah. know. And so I think looking at the pleasure, power, and popularity and which one of those do you need to surrender over to the Lord um, in this very moment, you know. What are the ones that, you know, there may be one of those that comes to mind right away. And uh, so pleasure, power, and popularity and, and giving those up before the Lord. Yeah, I mean, as we seek as a ministry to, like, be more and more vulnerable, to show that, like, we're real people, too, because we're, we're trying to reach a lot of people that may not like the church or Christians that much because they feel like they're hypocritical, they pretend like they're perfect. I know, like, just hearing you talk about that, like, I've, I realize that I struggle with all three of them, but, like, the two that are, are most uh, dangerous for me probably is the power, popularity, and I can think back to, like, when I used to um, perform spoken word all the time and traveling, that, like, if I didn't get like the applause or like mm-hmm. if I wasn't like touring as much, I'd be like, does God even really love mm-hmm. me? <laughs> it was like, like so toxic that I was like, it's like I was using these things and, and that's what I was basing my relationship on God or that's how I was like rating if I was doing good in life or not. And so it's like something that I have to like check myself with regularly as um, I try to help serve this ministry that I'm trying to make sure that it's not about those things, um, they can come as a, as a side part of it, but I don't make that my idol. And I make sure that I always keep it in check. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's where the one, you know, if there's one that's coming to surface for you, I mean, man, tell somebody, 
tell somebody that you trust, tell somebody within bare bones, tell somebody that could maybe just encourage you and pray for you because these might not be things that are obvious to everyone else. Mm -hmm. These are things that might be deep seated that go back into something, honestly, into our childhood that could go back into some sort of other experience that we've had. And uh, we need to lay that down before the Lord because our identity um, as humans is is in his image. You know, he wants us to be his image bearers and reflect his character and his goodness. And, you know, you're right. You know, a lot of Christians, we haven't done this well and we haven't been vulnerable in saying mm-hmm. and we we carry on like we've got everything figured out. But deep down inside, one of these three beasts is really getting at mm-hmm. us and the Satan's using that to, um, you know, really take a hold of our private life when our public life looks like it's perfect on Instagram and when we show up to bare bone, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. everything's great, you know, um, killing it. And really deep down inside, you're you're really struggling. And I think that goes back to that whole community side of thing mm. of being intentional. If you're afraid to ask someone to encourage you spiritually, mentor you or whatever it is, man, just reach out. I'm telling you, uh, my experience has been whether I'm asking someone to mentor me or whether someone's asking me to mentor them, man, it's such a humble privilege to be able to speak truth into somebody's life. And it doesn't mean I have all the answers, but it means I'm committed to that person to help them grow spiritually and and just teach them what I know and what I've experienced through God and his word. Yeah. And I think that that's something that like anybody can do. Like if you are in the faith and you are just one step ahead of that person, that's enough. Mm -hmm. Like, we try to make it out like, oh, well, I don't know everything, like you said, and we're just intimidated by that. But there's just something about getting your skin in the game and setting up that, um, like, this is the way that we do things, is we look towards others to pour into them, and we get poured into. So that's like a natural part of the environment, mm-hmm. and that's like, this is what discipling yeah. is. We don't wait like, oh, well, I need to like be a year, like a Christian for a year and be diving deep. And that's good, and we wanna encourage you to do that, and like in times of leadership, that's different. But coming to the faith, like you should immediately be looking for somebody that you can pour into, even if you only know one thing and yeah. all you have is your testimony and you only know one Bible verse. Yeah. Or you, that's it. That's fine. Um, so thank you so much for sharing about that and more in depth, Morris, because it, it's really helping me out. Just I'm getting my little counseling session in or something. But uh, so we like to do like a weird question in here. So do you have about any- to get weird? <laughs> Do you have any weird obsessions? Weird obsessions. Man, that, this, is, this is a good good question. These ones may not be super weird, but like every Saturday morning for the most part, I watch English Premier League soccer. I'm a big Manchester United fan. Wow, uh, you're so but, weird. Yeah, so weird. Michigan football, a little obsessed. But I would say um, right now, there's some like leftover Halloween candy in our house. <laughs> and there's like the, the cherry and the green apple um blow pops yeah are are they've i found them and they're they're, (laughs) i haven't had one since i was like seven and so i've i've uh, had a couple of those this week that's a little weird um were you just sucking on one when i came in the door no that was not that was a dum-dum i found a dum-dum found a dum-dum uh from yeah anyway so i don't know if that's that weird i i'm a podcast junkie i'm always i always got my earbuds in when I'm not around people, you know, uh, I struggle with, I love content. I really want more leadership stuff. I want more uh, sermons and all that stuff. So I'm always digging into that. 
And you know what? I can get down with like some like settlers of Catan. You know, yeah. uh, I can I can get down with some of that. I wouldn't say it's an obsession, but um, but yeah, not like uh, um, I don't do Pokemon. Oh, I'm not man. trying to hate on anybody. I had this conversation with a staff member the other day that they were they were really down with Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, and that's just not that's not my scene. <laughs> um, so you're nerdy, but not that. Nerdy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I nerd out on other stuff. That's awesome. I love it. So do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with us? Man, it's great. I mean, I, I think, you know, so much of this whole idea of discerning the season that you're in and surrendering it and, you know, fasting and seizing his promises, you know, really, um, I think God wants to speak fresh to us each and every day, even when we don't want to hear it, even when we don't want to want, mm. don't want it. I think, you know, God's intent is to grow us up spiritually. And I think there's a reason why you're listening to this podcast 32 minutes in, if you're still on, you know, <laughs> is that, you know, you're spiritually searching and you're curious and whether that means you're searching for faith in Christ or maybe you've been a Christian or you're coming back to church or, or the idea of a faith community in Christ for, it's been a while, you know, just pushing in that God is for you. He's not against you. He's got a purpose for you. Um, he loves you. And um, just knowing that he's there for you in each and every season of life, I mean, it's so big. And so, you know, do it, it, this isn't about, you know, doing all these things and God will love you more or he'll accept you more. Mm. You know, I love what Corey says, you know, you can belong before you believe and you belong when you believe too and all those yeah. kinds of things. And that, you know, God is a loving God. He's a gracious God. Um, he's a mystery. He's a wonder. Um, and he paved a way for us to know him through his son. And so um, I think so much of that, you know, final thoughts on that is just, man, God, God cares for you. He's for you. He's cheering you on. Um, he aches and pains when you are going through a tough time. You know, he sees that. Um, he notices and he cares. And so God's a loving God. He's a faithful God. You know, going back to that First Samuel 7 passage, you know, Thus far, the Lord's helped us. You know, you're still here. You're still here for a yeah. reason. Yeah. God's got more in mind for you than you could even ask or imagine. And it's just pushing into some of that. Um, and it's an amazing journey. It's an amazing ride as we follow him and his ways. Um, doesn't mean it's always easy, but he's He's for us. And he's going to redeem those broken moments in some way or fashion. It may take years. It may take months. Maybe it's only just going to take a few minutes. But he's going to redeem it for his good. Wow. I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so guys, that's it for the day or the podcast, whatever. <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for listening. Just a major thanks to Mercy Road and Brandon Faust. Just go check out their website, Mercy Road Church. Um, what they're doing is really big in Carmel, Indiana, and they're about to explode into all of Indianapolis. So feel free to check that out. Subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. Why aren't you? And uh, check us out at bbones.org. And our collective meetings are the second Thursday of every month. And our um, house party outposts are the last Friday of every month. So until then, see you guys later. Peace.